The Lead Story is proudly brought to you by Alex Forbes. Alex Forbes, insight, advice, impact. Welcome to the Business Report here on Nova 1035. Um, we turn our attentions now to an interesting organization called the Impact Tank. Uh, and uh, on their website, the Impact Tank is Namibia's first social media or social impact venture builder. They believe in social entrepreneurship as a means to create sustainable social impact. They ideate and design interventions that seek to address systemically broken social issues, validate these models, and then build and grow profitable businesses that drive towards sustainable change within the livelihoods of all Namibians. To interpret all of those sentences, uh, we're joined in studio by Alzine Mushambi. Uh, Alzine, welcome to the, the Business Report. Thank you so much for having me. Right, so there's a lot of words and there's a lot to unpack there, but perhaps first question to start with, what is the Impact Tank? Right, so Impact Tank is an organization that builds businesses that solves problems, sort of impact problems around the country. Okay. And, and how do you do that? Uh, we do that by, you know, this first layer of research. Where we're identifying what the developmental gaps are, who are the actual people that are most affected, the marginalized communities, splitting that into sort of this geographic component, um, and then identifying what their specific problems and pain points are. We basically build out a business model thereafter. Um, of course, we have the scientific method that we apply to get that. We raise the funds for it and we go to market and launch ultimately. Okay, that sounds like quite an integrated set of actions, which would normally take place, certainly in in ordinary commerce, through a number of different players would be doing that. You'd have an entrepreneur who ideates and then goes looking for finance and, and so forth and so forth. But this is far more on a social basis than it is on a commercial basis. But obviously, you're looking for sustainability in the model. Absolutely. I think, you know, for us, sort of impact returns and economic returns are hand in hand. And they always sort of ask us, like, which one do you value the most? And we say, well, impact returns could probably only be realized if there is some economic return component, right? And I think for us, we've built a really strong team internally as well as externally. Um, we have this, this program called Experts in Residence, right, where we really have these strong technical consultants that assist us in sparring when we're building out the business model. Because I think, you know, if we're looking at industries like green hydrogen, that's very new, right? So the, the technology and the people and the talent still doesn't exist locally. And we're able to tap into sort of our experts in residence that are living outside the country as well as um, abroad. And then we're able to sort of spar with them and build out these business models. All right. And how does Impact Tank make money or is that not a priority for you? Right. So I think we make money on a number of ways, right? So from our service delivery, I think the first part is we are implementers of projects and programs for a lot of the development world. We run international and national incubations for entrepreneurs. And then we provide venture building as a service, mostly to researchers, where we charge a fee for commercializing businesses and business ideas. And then, of course, we have this impact advisory arm where we advise everyday organizations on how to better their impact and increase their footprint in the country. So that's really how we make money. Another layer of how we make money is um, through the profits from our ventures. And that really sort of feeds back into the organization and provides the necessary sort of OPEX um, to make our business sustainable. And now we've recently added the 48 million euro dollar fund called um, the Paleni Fund. And I think everybody that's a fund manager realizes there's management fee as well as the returns on your assets. And that's sort of the long-term sustainability of the business. Right. Well, you just slipped that in. That's a billion dollars <laughs> in Namibian terms that's uh, 
looking obviously for investment opportunities. So let's talk about that fund a little bit. Absolutely. How hard was it to firstly find people willing to fund African ventures and specifically Namibian ventures, given the relative size of the kind of retail market? Um, and how are you looking to deploy those funds? Right. So the the easy part is I'm based in Switzerland and Zurich. And so I have this um, Afro-European connection and able to translate the needs on the ground with the funders on the other side. Um, so the sell of Namibia wasn't too, too bad, right? I think right now Namibia has got two big factors working for it in the European community. The first is the green hydrogen. That's all the rage. And then the second really is the national oil find. And so you can see that there is more appetite from European investors into the Namibian market. But of course, we understand that the market is quite small. We've got 2.6 million people. It's highly extractive. But there are players that are ready for diversification of this extractive economy. But if we're looking at what investors want, we're very much using Namibia also as a base for the neighboring countries because, you know, our political stability, we have democratic elections, our roads and infrastructure are relatively Um, sort of stable compared to other African countries. So a lot of the investors are using Namibia as a base um, to deploy assets, capital, businesses, and really look at those assets moving cross-border. So let's talk about targets for the fund. Yes. Uh, Typically funds have characteristics. They like a certain ticket size or a certain check size. They like certain industries. Uh, As you've gone out with with this uh, nuclear bomb, where have you decided uh, that you think the first places to put it would be? Right. I think, you know, from a criteria perspective, we're looking at about 100,000 euro to 400,000 euro lubricant, but we do have a revenue-based financing component as well to provide some debt capital and financing that we're not seeing in the Namibian market. Um, Industries that we're seeing are are picking up are definitely pharmaceuticals, and that's coming very much from the indigenous knowledge component, and that's very much a forgotten group of an asset class. Of course, we look at the green economy and we're seeing agriculture, especially along the value chain, is going to be quite a, a hot ticket item for Namibia. Namibia imports 80% of their horticultural produce, and we really would like to change that with some of our investments that we see going forward. All right. Uh, let's talk about the indigenous medicine idea. Yes. I think let's unpack that a little bit. Yeah. Commercial model is there's knowledge that exists. Mm-hmm. That knowledge may have to have some other processes added to it to either verify, validate, or at the very least safety check it for for other markets. But if there's a certain herb that does a certain thing uh, for humans and or animals, then these are good things to know, firstly, to store, and secondly, potentially, uh, as we look for healthier variants to laboratory-produced medicines, um, that there's a market for these sorts of these sorts of cures. So tell us a little bit about how you go Absolutely. about unpacking that. Absolutely. I think, you know, the work that we do allows us to travel sort of far reaching into the northern and most southern parts of our country. And in there lies a bunch of herbs and plants and, and people that have used these for generations, right? A preventative medication as well as some components of curing medi- um, um, illnesses also. But what we're able to do is when we're sort of scouting for projects and programs, we're able to extract this information from our partners as well as the people on the ground that sort of champion what we do. And then we're able to, we have strong partnerships with the two universities, UNAM and NAST, to ensure that the research and the testing components, right, and the standards authority. But of course, if you're dealing with healthcare, you need sort of the medicine board approval. And so we're able to then go into um, forging partnerships specifically with that 
to really extract the information. And then for us, it's commercializing um, informate data that already exists. And then because Impact Tank operates in uh, Switzerland as well, we've got the rushes of the world. We've got those large balance sheets that are really able to assist and expand. I think if you're looking at a hub that can cure I'm not at liberty to say, but let's say any <laughs> every day today. Um, forgetfulness. Yes, <laughs> let's say forgetfulness. Um, and you have a strong balance sheet to support, I think, you know, and, 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 and able to scale with already product lines available. I think um, Namibian medication should be on other shelves around the world. And of course, it doesn't hurt that there's a there's a social impact of course. to that as well. And of course... You're, you're in an ideal position to, Absolutely. to position that. And a strong part of our work is a community strategy within our impact space, right? How do we uplift the community? Because what we see with a lot of impact players, Gary, is they sort of run projects and programs in isolation, right? And then you have one project, let's say, in Khrutop, and, and sort of that's what it is when it ends in two years. But for us, it's very much looking at a community as a whole in order to provide specific access to different capital, social capital, financial capital, environmental capital, healthcare. So it's very much when we're running our projects and programs, it's uplifting an entire community. So if we're seeing medications or herbs coming from a specific area, it's how does this community ultimately benefit? Um, and very much looking at grassroots needs and not sort of top down. Like we say, you don't have electricity. Well, we're going to give you electricity. Mm. But maybe it's first understanding, perhaps you need cold storage. How can we get you some cold storage facilities? And being sort of very respectful with what the needs are on the ground as an impact player. Now, one of the reasons that money, organized money typically does that is that the moment you're in a community environment, you're exposed to community politics, community economics. You're exposed also to other players that look to and seek to, to, to garner support from communities, typically local government and perhaps even national government. And of course, that exposes you then to those same things in different levels. Give us a little bit of an idea of, of how you've gone about working with uh, local authorities and or national authorities in terms of being able to do these sorts of projects. Yeah, I think we have strong partnerships, right, all the way with local government. I think first thing is boots on the ground, right, and understanding what the needs of the local government are as well as their constituents because their constituents are sort of almost voting them in and then partnering with them, working out um, project plans, trajectories of growth, urban and rural development. And really, I think for us, it's having boots on the ground. And, and very much first having reference cases of lighthouse cases of stuff that have worked with specific local governments and replicating that across the country. I think for us, we'd be amiss if we, you know, we aren't government partners. We definitely are government partners in other programs and activity for specifically Ministry of ICT. We're building out the national digital strategy. Ministry of Agriculture, we're assisting them with their value chain. And I think for us, it's having boots on the ground and having capital to unlock the necessary interventions that we're planning. I think it's one thing being a technical partner and it's another thing not having the finances to back that up. And we're able to marry sort of both of those worlds. And again, really, if we go back to the vision for Impact Tank, it's to better livelihoods for Namibian people. And, and we're looking at multiple interventions in order to reach that specific goal. Just lastly, we're nearly out of time, but um, we find a lot of people listening to the show own businesses, run businesses are often involved in investment decisions as well. We've had a few CEOs of banks quietly whisper that they listen to the show. Um, people looking to partner with with um, Investment Tank, whether it be by virtue of bringing you projects 
or by virtue of understanding how they can add value in country to the projects that you are interested in, how do they get hold of you? I think the first thing is via email, right? It's info at impacttank.org.na. It's visiting our offices in Winterk West. We have a very much an open door policy because we're, we're here to serve and we're here to assist Namibia um, really reach its full potential with the tailwinds that we have. Alzine, all the very best with the, the ventures. They sound very exciting and we look forward to catching up soon as we get to report a few successes. Thank you so much for having me. It's Alzine Mashambi, the CEO of Impact Tank. You can check them out on their website. And as they say, open door policy. If you've got ideas, thoughts or requests for them, feel free to reach out and get hold of them. The lead story was proudly brought to you by Alex Forbes. Alex Forbes, insight, advice, impact.